we throw around terms in this culture like circumcised or uncircumcised, you know, kind of like it's no big deal. But have you ever really thought about what that means or how it comes to be? Have you thought about the steps it takes or what a baby feels or goes through? We are making decisions for babies who can't decide for themselves. And these decisions are something that cannot be undone. So we really need to understand what we're doing. Today, we're going to walk through the procedure. It's not going to be easy, but you've got to listen. You owe it to your baby boy to listen. So let's not put it off too much longer. I know you don't want to do it. I don't want to do it either, but let's dive in. Are you a Christian woman yearning for a beautiful, joyful pregnancy and birth with a focus on God, not medical tests? Are you worried the birth you want isn't possible and you're tired of being treated like an accident waiting to happen? Hey mama, I'm Lori, host of Your Birth, God's Way. I'm a certified nurse midwife now, but I wasn't always. After working for nearly 20 years in the broken maternity system, I too was in your shoes wondering how I could have the birth I wanted and that I felt God meant for me to have. I found a secret that has actually been known since the beginning of time. God's way is the best way. Spoiler alert, God made us and our babies and he knows us best. He designed us perfectly for pregnancy, birth, and nourishing our babies after birth if we work with his design and not against it. In this podcast, you'll learn how to be healthy and have joy during this time of life that will be over before you know it. So if you're ready to reclaim your birth and your babies for His glory, go turn on a few episodes of Bluey for that little one on your hip so you can put the focus back on you for a few minutes with me. So like I told you, like I keep saying, this is not fun. But this is a decision that permanently alters your son. So you have an obligation to understand it so that you can make the right decision. In the next episode, we're going to look at potential benefits, myths, ethical considerations. But today, we're just going to look at the procedure itself, how it's done. And this won't take too long, but at the same time, it may feel like the longest minutes of your life. A lot of episodes, I read reviews and I kind of, you know, work my way into things. But today, we're just going to dive in and get it over with, okay? Let's just get it over with. So what is a cirque? What is a circumcision? In the medical world, we call them cirques. We make it even shorter. A circumcision is the removal of the foreskin from the penis. We talked in the last episode about the anatomy of the penis, what the foreskin is, what the glands is. If you missed that, maybe stop and go and listen to that first. It was a pretty quick episode, but you can kind of hear what the normal anatomy is. So you'll understand what the foreskin is that is being removed. The circumcision is usually done for presumably medical reasons. A lot of people think that there are medical reasons for it. We're going to talk about that more tomorrow. But mainly in our country, it's mainly cultural reasons. So how is a circumcision done? I'm just going to walk you through it. I'm going to tell you the steps that I would participate in from a nursing perspective and then what's also done by the doctor. Oftentimes there is a day or a time when most of the circumcisions were done, the nurses would go around and gather up all the baby boys, basically line them up. It was it was kind of like a um, assembly line, for lack of a better term. The first thing you would do is you would take the baby and you would strap them onto the bo- onto a board. 
the boards were kind of like a um, plastic mold that had an imprint of a baby to where there was arm spots and leg spots and a head spot. And so you would lay the baby on this cold board. You would strip the baby down other than its diaper until, you know, time for the actual procedure. So the baby's skin is on this cold plastic. This, the baby is then strapped down, usually with Velcro straps. The penis is cleaned with betadine or something like that, but it's a cold fluid. It, you know, even if it's room temperature, it's still going to feel cold on the baby's skin. The baby might be offered a pacifier with some sugar water on it or a little bit of sugar water in it for presumed comfort. I'm not really sure how much that helps or how comforting that is to a baby, but it's often done. Anesthetic might or might not be offered. And I know that's a hard pill to swallow, but there are physicians even today, and in the past there have been many more who did not believe that babies felt pain. I don't fully understand that. I've read different accounts of why they thought that. But any physician who has ever performed this procedure and can walk out and say that they believe that babies feel or do not feel pain is not being honest. Mainly these days, anesthetic is usually offered, at least from my experience. But I have seen it done without it. And it is, it's traumatic. It's traumatic even with it, but it's more traumatic without it. Oftentimes first, it'll start with a topical anesthetic, something like a, like you would think about an aura gel kind of a thing where you put it on the penis to numb up that area so that then they can inject lidocaine through the area that was numbed. But sometimes they don't do the topical. Sometimes they just inject the lidocaine and then just give it some time to soak in and to be absorbed. During that time that it's being soaked in and being absorbed, they don't get to go back to mama for comfort. No, they stay strapped to that board. They're just laying there waiting for what's coming. There's no comfort. There's no one holding them. There's no one often even talking to them because usually there might be only one or two nurses, if that, and they are helping with whichever baby is undergoing the procedure at the time. So different instruments are used for the procedure. There's three or four different kinds. I'm not going to go into all the specifics of each kind because it doesn't really matter. The concept is still the same, so I'm just going to go through the overall concept. After the anesthetic is applied, and I guess I kind of did this one out of order, but there's a drape that's put over the baby that has a hole in it. So that really happens before the cleaning part is done. I should have said that part first, but so... The drape goes over the baby with the hole that the penis comes through to try to make some semblance of a sterile field. Then the anesthetic part is done that I've already gone over. So at this point, some clamps are put on the tip of the foreskin. Those clamps are, they're like hemostats, if you know what those are. They're used to just apply some traction to that foreskin to kind of pull it up and hold it a little, a little tighter, a little stronger because a special instrument has to be slid underneath the foreskin to break up those adhesions. You remember in the last episode, I talked about the adhesions that hold the foreskin in place to the glands. Well, all of those adhesions are there and they have to be broken up. And so some traction is placed on the foreskin and an instrument is slid around and kind of just drug back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and around and side to side all around the entire head of the penis to release those adhesions. 
because we're trying to take the foreskin off. And so we have to remove it from the glands, which it's attached to. Once that's done, the foreskin is stretched out a bit and a clamp is put across part of it going kind of straight up and down. If you can imagine, I guess like perpendicular would be the right word. A clamp is put on there and that clamp kind of pushes the skin and the nerves out of that one area and it's left for a minute. And then if there's an instrument being used that will protect the head of the penis at this point, it's going to be applied. Then the foreskin is cut and there's a circumferential cut that goes all around the whole penis. And this is the part that varies based on the technique and based on the instrument. But the end result is the same. At this point, the foreskin is cut off and the procedure is essentially finished. It's hard to think about that. But what I've gone through so far is just me talking. It's just me describing it. You can probably check out, you can kind of make it a very um, academic thing to where you don't really think about what that all means that I just said. So what I want you to do when this episode is over is I want you to go down to the show notes and there's going to be a link there for a YouTube video. The whole video is well worth your time. In fact, a lot of the information I'm sharing with you came from that video. I have a lot of practical experiences with this and witnessing it. But as far as the data and the details, this man that did this video did a great job of putting together a lot of information. The video, the whole thing is about 30 minutes, but the part that you must watch starts around the 1030 mark, I believe, 10 minutes and 30 seconds. You've got to go watch. You have to turn up the volume and you have to listen because for that minute of that video, that is the reality of a circumcision. You're going to hear a baby crying in a way that you probably never have. It's an awful cry. You're also going to hear a doctor talking as if he's out on his back porch just chatting it up with somebody. It's as if there's nothing major going on. He's detached from what he's doing. The baby is screaming in a way that no baby should ever have to scream. And the doctor's just chatting like it's no big deal. Babies often actually go into a shock-like state after that cry you're going to hear. Sometimes they even do it during it. And that's, I think, one of the things that led doctors to think that babies didn't feel pain was because they would stop crying. But really, they're in shock and they check out. It's like they're not even there anymore. It's awful. So I need you to go listen to that and watch it. It's about a minute, that part of the video. You can watch the full 30 minutes, but that one-minute section is essential. If you're going to circumcise your baby boy, you need to go watch that. I want us to just think about what are we doing psychologically to a boy during this time? After you've watched that, maybe even push pause and come back to this. I want you to think about after you've heard that cry, I want you to think about what are we doing to our boys psychologically during that time when they're screaming like that? They don't have their mother, their father, anything of comfort. He's removed from his norm. You know, I read one place that moms could be present during the procedure, but we never allowed it anywhere that I worked. And honestly, I don't know how any mom could. I don't know how you could be there when it was your boy. I just, I just, I don't know how you could. When he's placed on that cold restraint board 
It is highly uncomfortable and it's cold. He has no comfortable anything. He's strapped down. He's given a rubber nipple, especially for a breastfeeding baby that's never had anything like that in their mouth. A rubber nipple with something on it they've never tasted before. Then he has all these painful things done to him that we discussed. And he's only two or three days old. He's not even been out that long. What kind of trauma are we causing? What long-term impacts are we imposing on these boys sexually? Because as hard as it is to think about, that little baby boy is going to grow up someday to be married and he's going to want to have a normal sex life. What are we doing? What are we, what kind of impact are we having? What psychological damage is being done to these babies that they can't communicate to us? What kind of trust issues are we ingraining in these babies that they can go through this kind of pain and have to suck it up and deal with it on their own as a brand new baby who depends on us for everything? It's a lot to wrap your head around. So I want you to take some deep breaths. I want you to watch that video that I mentioned. Think this through. And I want you to meet me back here tomorrow because we're going to look at some ethical considerations. We're going to look at some myths. And we're going to think about all of these things so you can fully understand and make a good decision for your baby boy. Again, I know this isn't fun. I know you don't want this to be your appointment for tomorrow of the things that we're talking about, but you owe it to your boy to understand this. And mama, if you're one that doesn't want this done for your baby, but you're feeling pressure from someone outside, whether it be your husband or your parents or whoever else, don't worry. I'm going to talk to you guys too. That's going to be probably episode after next. We're going to get into, you know, how to walk through the decision-making process. All right, so meet me right back here next episode, and I hope you have a great, great day. Real quick, if today's episode blessed you in any way, would you head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a quick five-star written review? It'll take you less than a minute, but it's the best thank you you can give me, and it will help my show to reach more mamas just like you so we can all find God's best for our families. I'll see you right back here in a few days.